You're listening to episode 26 of the Bookcast for Dwell, an Advent study in liturgy. This bookcast has been designed to give you another way to engage with the content of the book. Hi, my name is Rachel Fehrenbach. I'm the author of Dwell and your host for these episodes. Today we're continuing in week four with day three, and we're dwelling on this truth. Throughout the generations, God invited his people to dwell with him as partners. Time after time, humanity rejected the invitation leading to their exile from the blessing of God's presence. But God continually made a way for salvation, culminating in the Messiah's arrival. Today we're going to hear a short story told from the perspective of the image bearer, Joseph. Well, this is upsetting. My father stands before me expectantly. The answer seems simple enough to him. I should divorce Mary immediately. But not everything in Nazareth is simple. In fact, Nothing in Nazareth is simple. We're a small town who keep to ourselves. Ourselves. And that's the problem. We don't worry about those outside of our town, which gives us plenty of time to worry about those within it. Too much time. Three months in Mary's case. She has been gone for three months visiting her cousin Elizabeth in another town. Three months is a long time to speculate. Joseph? I raise my eyes from staring at my father's weathered sandals to his weathered face. She has broken the ketubah, my father reminds me. I do not need to be reminded. I also do not need to be reminded of Mary's beauty, both inside and out. Do not need to be reminded of Mary's deep brown eyes, eyes that give a glimpse into her soul, also beautiful. Nor do I need to be reminded of how Mary is desired by many. Desired, pursued, sought after. But she was promised to me. Contract was drafted and signed. I presented her father with the mujer. Mary may be desired by many, but she is also bought with a price. I understand, I finally answer him. We stand in my home, the one I have crafted with pride for the last year since the ketubah was agreed upon. I finished this home just in time for the second part of our marriage, the wedding night, which is to take place next month. Then why do you hesitate? Let us go to the synagogue and present the bill of divorce. Father, will you let her disgrace you as she disgraced herself? If you do not speak up now, all in Nazareth will think the child is yours. Your reputation will be ruined. Go now and put her to shame so that none is brought upon your own head. Upsetting isn't a strong enough word. I chose Mary because of her beauty, her reputation, and her family. I love Mary because of her strength, her laughter, and her intelligence. Devastating is a much better word. Love has blossomed in my heart. Scandal threatens to pick the flower and crush it underfoot. Anger wells up inside me. Do not command me as you would a child. My father's eyes widen at my outburst. He holds up a hand. Do not speak with disrespect to me. I try to call my anger. Forgive me, father, but... I motion towards the neighboring houses. How do you know that this news is not just a false rumor? One of the women may have started it. You know how malicious they can be. The words tumble out, one on top of the other. My father sighs. Joseph, go to her yourself and see, and may your love not blind you to the truth. With my father's words spurring me into action, I hastily exit my home, flowing only when I pass my neighbor. I force my steps into a normal gait, but it does nothing to keep the pitying glances at bay. 
At the sound of my sandals on the rocks, Mary's mother looks up from where she is tending her garden. Realization first fills her face and then a hot shame replaces it as she pushes herself back on her heels and then stands from the ground to greet me. Joseph. She drops her eyes and bows her head. The pleading in her voice confirms my fears. Where is she, Sarah? I ask, my stomach turning. She is inside. I will call for her if you insist, but... She finally looks up at me and unexpectedly grabs my arms. Please, Joseph, be gracious to her. I understand should you choose to put her away, but... Her voice becomes desperate and her grip tighter. Be merciful to her. Do not disgrace her any more than she has already disgraced herself. Mother, do not plead for me. Sarah drops her hands from my arms as we turn to the voice at the door of the house. I first see Mary's beautiful brown eyes and then her form. She is obviously with child. I look back to her face and Mary's gaze holds mine. Mary, I stop when my voice breaks. Joseph, it's not as it seems, she says calmly. No, not just calmly. There's a hint of excitement in her words. My skin prickles. Not as it seems. I want to vomit at the denial. She takes a step forward, then remembering our situation stops herself. She is a rule follower. Mary knows the Torah as well as I do. We know the scriptures. We know the commands. She has always sought to follow the rules. I love her for it. But it's hard to argue with a protruding stomach. I open my mouth to speak, then close it. She moves a piece of hair back under her head covering. What I say is true. Please, I beg of you, let me explain. I finally find my voice. I need no explanation. I say, the sadness that tinges the edge of each word surprising me. May God judge you appropriately. You have broken his command, and you have broken our covenant. You answer to him as do I. I break my gaze with Mary decidedly and turn to Sarah. You can tell Nathan I will not act as my due. I require only that he brings Mary to meet me at my home tomorrow evening so we may end our agreement quietly with witnesses. After that, I will be released from Mary and she will be free to do as she pleases. Sarah nods her understanding, her gratitude clearly conveyed on her face. Joseph, please, you do not understand. Please let me explain. Mary tries to approach me, but Sarah steps to her side and leans close to her. Do not speak, child. She instructs her in a quiet voice. You have brought enough disgrace on yourself. My retreat from their presence is as hasty as it was from my father's, only slowing when Mary's voice calls after me, her voice cracking as the bricks I work with do when they have been hit one too many times. An intense desire to pull her into my arms and comfort her slams into my chest and threatens to steal the breath from my lungs. In an act of defiance, I inhale deeply and resume my quick pace. Silence fills the space as I walk away from Mary, and I am tempted to glance back to see if she's still there. But I don't. I know she is. I know she stands there in her quiet strength, shoulders rolled back and head held high. I find myself almost wishing she would yell after me, so I would have a reason to return to her. So very upsetting. Joseph. I flinch at the sound of my name. Joseph. It's not familiar to me. Joseph. The sternness of the tone strikes my confusion into clarity, and I see him standing before me, 
an image of a man not like any other I have ever seen before. His form is fluid and made up of flashes of colored light that swirl and twist and bounce within his being. There is a light that seems to come from deep within him, radiating out and yet reflecting from a source outside of him back in, as if the flame that burns within came from a fire elsewhere. It confuses me and alarms me all at the same time, and I drop to my knees and face. Joseph, son of David, comes the voice again, this time a little less stern, and my fear abates enough for me to comprehend that I stand in the presence of one of Yahweh's messengers. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit? My mind searches for something from earlier in the day, something important. Suddenly it finds it, the excitement hidden behind Mary's restraint. She knows. She was trying to tell me. And she will have a son, the messenger continues. Son. The baby inside her is a boy. It takes everything inside me to stay face down out of respect when all I want to do is jump up and run to Mary's side. The messenger is still speaking, so I will myself to focus on his words, not wanting to miss anything. A smile plays at the corner of his mouth as he instructs me. And you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. In a moment, both the messenger vanishes from my sight, and my mind engages, waking me up from my dream state. I sit up in my bed with a jerk. Very upsetting indeed. Upsetting in the best possible way. Thank you for joining me today as we dwelled on this truth. Throughout the generations, God invited his people to dwell with him as partners. Time after time, humanity rejected the invitation, leading to their exile from the blessing of God's presence. But God continually made a way for salvation, culminating in the Messiah's arrival. Join me tomorrow as we continue to dwell with God this Advent season.